Michelle. I am so stoked to be here with you today, and I cannot wait to share your magic and medicine with my community and to drop in and speak about one of my most favorite topics of all time, all things intuition, spirituality, psychic mediumship, and all the good. So welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I can't wait to share with you. Yes. Yeah. So for those listening, Michelle and I have been in and out of Andy Love's community for, I don't know how many years you've been in her world, but I've been in her, year, in her world since I started coaching, which has been seven years or eight years now. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time since she, pretty much since she started. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. So we've both invested in multiple programs, mentorships, and masterminds with her. So I'm excited to open up the portal to our conversation today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. And she draws really amazing people in together where we create beautiful community together. So I think it's no wonder that we connected and vibed with each other and wanted to speak more about it. So totally. Yeah. We're here for it. So I'm always the girl who wants to know why or how, like, I always love to know the backstory. So I know you have shared, like you've not come out of the closet recently, but it was, it was a journey from my understanding of coming out of the closet, if you will, as a psychic medium. So can you share with me and our listeners like that journey? And did you always know you had these gifts? What was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know everybody's story. Like I don't know a lot of psychic stories, so I have nothing to compare it to, which probably is a good thing. I think I knew there was something different about me from a very early age. I know around four, I started to feel like, Oh, there's people here. And I think, you know, and my mom's true, just, you know, who she is just was like, Oh, it's an imaginary friend, which I think most, you know, parents would think that. I think I started to know something was different. I was raised both Catholic and Jewish. So I came from a very religious um, upbringing and there was not a lot of room for my way of thinking (laughs) to put it nicely. There was just not a lot of room. I was very much shunned in both communities because I had a, a Jewish father and then my mother was Catholic. So I was always never really fitting in in either community, but I did study very much so on the Catholic side received almost all my sacraments until I was about 16. And then when I was 16, I went to my mom and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is just, this isn't who I am. I don't believe in like what we're doing. And it's not to say that organized religion doesn't have some beauty to it because I absolutely believe it does. I actually studied religion when I was in college because I think it's fascinating. I had a um, theology with my minor. I did not finish college, full transparency. (laughs) And, but I, I was fascinated by it. And at age 16, my mom took me through my first guided meditation. And from that moment on, I was hooked and started working on my own gifts and my own abilities through the Inner Light Foundation, which is in Petaluma, California. And from there, I just really blossomed and started just like really being into what is happening to me. What are the sensations in my body? Where are my big connections? So I learned that you typically have like one big connection and then you also have the opposite. So just like the law, one of the laws of physics, you know, everything has an opposite and equal reaction. So for me, love and death are my big things, which is how I knew I was a medium. So I, why I'm a relationship coach, because I can really feel into love, the, the properties of love, relationships, 
all the little like nuances around relationships. I have a lot of energetic connection with. And then on the other side, I have death. So I can feel people on the other side and when they want to communicate to somebody or if they have messages and that's how it started. And I did, I would say up until 22, I was really active. I was active in the community. I um, was actually practicing. I had some guilt around practicing. I wasn't sure if I should be using my gift for a money exchange. And then I was dating a man who, you know, love at first sight. I truly know that this exists. I met a man that fell in love at love at first sight. And he asked me to read his poem. I said, you know, okay, now I'll read your poem. And I read his poem and I knew he was going to die. And two weeks later he died and I stopped. I was like, why do I have this gift? I'm cursed. Like this isn't a gift. This is not a gift. I don't want to know why, why, why would I have to know this? I mean, I was angry. I mean, I went through the gamut of emotions. Um, it was the, at that time, it was such a heartbreaking thing to feel like, oh my gosh, I, I found somebody that I am like in love with. He's in love with me. He was studying religion at his college. And I mean, it was just beautiful. And, um, I stopped, I stopped doing it professionally. Most people like my friends knew that I was psychic, but nobody else knew. And it wasn't until I met Andy that, you know, we were in a mastermind together. She was running a mastermind and I, I had this message that kept coming through for her. God, this is so awkward. My, my coach that I have a message for her. It was the most terrifying thing I think I had done in a really long time. So I had I sent her a message. I said, I, I know this is weird, but I have a message for you. If you're open to this, let me know. And she was like, oh my gosh, of course. And so when I gave her the message, she, I was actually in person and she turned to me and she goes, I swear on here. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> okay. She goes, holy shit, you're the real deal. And I went, oh, thank you. And from there, Andy really helped me come out of the closet and really step into not being afraid anymore of my gift and letting it blossom on its own and really cultivating it in a much more rich way where it's really blended into my mentorships and my coaching programs. And it was just, it was a beautiful little blossoming. So that, that is real fun. Oh my goodness. My skin is crawling. <laughs> <laughs> Soul's truth. Holy, my goodness. Um, okay. Like when you, when you shared and thank you for sharing so openly and transparently, especially, you know, the palm reading. And I can only, I can only imagine what that was like and yeah. Wow. And then to have that confirmation with Andy and I, that's part of the story that I I've heard. And so, and so since working with Andy, you've really embraced your gifts and, and now you've kind of stepped into the role of coaching as well. And so how, like, how do you combine these forces and how does that work? Like, give us a bird's eye view, what it would like to be a client that works with you. So really what it is like, as I'm very free flowing, like I actually, I am an IFC certified coach. So what that means is right as I, there's a big structure with IFC coaching and, um, that doesn't actually work for me. <laughs> The flow for me really happens in the moment. So when you work with me, I am very much into what modalities work for you. So I have had things from clients like singing to me, like singing uses a different part of your brain to writing poems for me 
or like if you and I were in a session together and there was something just really intuitively coming through very hard, I would tell you, I would say, Hey, Megan, I have this intuitive hit for you. Are you open to me sharing? You would probably say, Oh my gosh, yes. And it's like, here's what's coming through. This actually happened this morning with a client call. I usually fill into clients before I turn on this, the screen and get into their session. I'll take a few moments to like feel into them. Sometimes we're in the boxer together beforehand and we get to play around with a little bit of the energy. And I always take a few minutes to just feel into them. So this happened this morning where I was like, I have this message that is coming through for you big time. Are, we, are you open? And she's like, yes. But I think you, there's something on the cusp of you. Like you need to lean in bigger on what is the thing? What is the thing that's bigger? Oh my gosh, somebody just created this whole workbook for me that I, but took it to a deeper level and it's going into my next program. That's it. So sometimes it's just, it's, it comes through like that, where it's something maybe small other times, especially just depending on the person, it can be, you know, your your mom is here. That's happened before. Like your mom is here. She really has something she needs to communicate with you. Are you open to that? Typically before you even say yes to me, we have gone over this, but you are not surprised if somebody comes through or there's a message for you. Sometimes I'll walk through you and say, Hey, I've, I've got a hit on you that like, you're not okay right now. Or walk through me. Let me know what's going on for you. And then someone will be like, Oh my gosh, I'm like in a trauma cycle, or I've got some PTSD going on or, you know, that sort of thing happens. So it's very much blended into what we do because I can pick up on your energy. I'm very selective about who I work one-on-one with and only work with a certain amount of one-on-ones just because you get so much of me, you get so much of my energy that I like to make sure that it's really being put into the right way and that it can serve you the best. It will actually benefit you being a part of that intuitive community. And ultimately, I hope that I teach you how to be your own best psychic. Mm-hmm. So you learn from me to really listen to your body and maybe I'm the model what's possible, but at some point that you start to take that over and be like, oh, I know my own body. I can trust my own feelings because we all have intuition. I just probably work it out more than maybe most, maybe some. I mean, I think there's, I mean, I'm not the only medium in the world. So, you know, I don't sit here with some like, I'm a medium and I'm like this grandiose thing. It's more like I just from a very early age learned how to work that muscle and have been building that muscle. Even when I wasn't being paid for, you know, mediumship, I was still using it. I just was using it in a quieter fashion Mm -hmm. than I have been in the last, you know, probably five or six years. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of like a bird's eye view. You get to be in all of it. You get to be in the mentorship part of it and the mediumship. But if you come on a retreat with me, we do a whole like slumber party of mediumship and like get the popcorn out and we get like, you get to bring in your favorite treat. And then we all sit on the bed together and I do readings for everybody. So then you get to witness people having readings and have your treats. And it's just a slumber party. It's so fun. (laughs) That is so fun. Oh, sign me up. I, yeah, I love this stuff. This is like my absolute jam. Um, so you mentioned like, even when you weren't practicing like mediumship and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So I would, I would imagine is this after, you know, you, you, you had this yeah. like palm and then it came true. So yeah. you were still kind of practicing yeah. at that time you were okay. I was definitely practicing at that time. I just wasn't charging. Um, so what I would do is wherever I really truly felt like God leads me where he needs me. And so I would 
like, for example, I used to work at, can I name, I'm not sure how much I can name, but I used to work for a very popular underwear lingerie place that has a woman's name <laughs> and it's a secret. <laughs> I used to work for them and I would sit in the mall by myself at a table and I would say, whoever needs me will come through. And so strangers would just come and sit with me. And people would tell me they wanted to kill themselves. People would tell me they were having affairs. I mean, complete strangers. And I would just listen and hold space. And that was one of the ways that I just still used my gift, but not in a fashion where I was marketing or being paid for it. And I did have to really wrestle with that part of, you know, if I have a gift, am I supposed to be charging for it? Ultimately, I came to, yes, like, what if my gift was meant to do that? I think when I was younger, you know, this was when I was 22, maybe that I still was really kind of vacillating between both and, and still wanting to serve and very much into community and serving. So there was still this part of me that wanted to serve and be out there and be with people, but not at the capacity where they paid me. And so that was a huge, like, um, like, um, it was like a service in uh, volunteering of just having someone come into my space without, without saying like, Hey, I'm a medium, come and sit with me. It was just, people would be drawn to me and say, Hey, can I sit with you? Oh yeah, sure. Come and sit with me. And then just start talking to me about all the things that's going on in their life. So that was, that was a huge turning point for me of just knowing that my energy attracted certain people. This happens to me all the time at salons or whatever. And I'll be like, Hey, this might sound weird. I have a message for you. I'm a medium. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh. I haven't heard anyone say no yet. So I'm sure that will happen at some point. Maybe. I don't know. But most people are not caught off guard. I am from California. So you know, <laughs> we tend to be a little, we're into the woo out here. So I'm here for the woo. <laughs> that is for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how, I know you, you mentioned since working with Andy, like you're now able to charge for your services, but you know, mm -hmm. this is, this is a common theme in the world of spirituality. I know for me, yeah. like my husband would be like, Meg, like you have to pay, you have to charge people. Like you can't just do everything for free, you know? So it was just no. like, it was a muscle that I really had to lean into and, mm -hmm. and start to work. So I would feel bad. I'm like, I just want to help people. I genuinely want to help people. So how was that for you? Cause I know it's definitely a journey in itself to kind of step into that space. That I would say that has been one of my biggest journeys around this was that and coming out of the closet. I really, um, I would say the first step actually was coming out of the closet. And I spoke with a lot of my friends in the LGBTQ plus community. And I, I really said to them, you know, I need some guidance. I, I don't want to take away from your experience, but what I'm feeling is like, I'm coming out of the closet. I'm scared that my kids are going to be made fun of at school. I'm scared that my husband will be like, your wife's a weirdo. I mean, I was really scared of what was going to happen. Not so much to myself. Like I felt like I could handle whatever names or anything that might come up. I was actually more scared for my family and my children and some of my close friends. Of just how would this impede their lives if I really came out and started to be known as this, what was going to happen? And I mean, I'm so thankful to all of my friends in the community because they were really, you know, they really talked to me about being authentic and how it feels when I couldn't, you know, you can't be yourself. And I would say I did so much, like they coached me through those, those feelings and those moments of my life's path and my journey and what it felt like for them and how they dealt with that. And, you know, that, I mean, they were very real with me in the sense of 
yeah, I mean, that's a real fear because your kids might get made fun of and here's how you work through it and what you talk to your kids about. So I think for me, that was really the first step then to be able to say, okay, if I'm going to do this, then how do I charge for this? Because, you know, that for me was a huge hang up of like you, I'm like, I just wanted to give, I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to be of service. And I really do feel like so much of what I do is not about me, but is of me. And so there was a distinction in that for me of like, this is not from my ego. This is really from source. And how do you charge from source? Like what would source charge? I mean, mm-hmm. does money even exist? Nobody? I don't know that source charges. So what does that even mean? I mean, there was like so much of like the human side of me and I had ran a business before. So it was like, I could understand the business side of it. But the, the spiritual side was like, we don't need time and money. You don't exist on that side, right? So there was this really, I mean, I was like, I fed in my head for a very long time. And just like your husband, <laughs> my husband was also like, but we have to charge for the things we're doing, Michelle. And I was like, this is right. And my husband is a financial planner. So my husband, we both have like, we're both coaches, but in different realms. He works with the money side and I work with the woo side. And um, really what it came down to was what if this was the thing that I was supposed to charge for? Like, what if God sourced the universe? You know, what if I was born to do this and this was the way that I was fulfilling my family's legacy or my family's stomach or my family's roof was by my gift. And back in the day when we bartered, maybe this would have been my gift that I came to the table with. And now we live in a society where, you know, it's different. So that helped me. Um, but I also offer a lot of low price or free services to certain people. And I have a scholarship program. So that helped me balance that feeling of, well, if you can't afford to do this, maybe you apply for a scholarship or maybe you plug in at a lower rate. Like I'm doing a 21 day manifestation for $11 and 11 cents. So, you know, like I do offer some very low ticket items to really help balance out the more maybe high ticket items. And that may help my humanness settle with the spirit so that we're all in community together. <laughs> mm, unity. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have so many different touch points, some free, some low, lower investment to higher investment. So I love that, but yeah, it's definitely a journey. That's for sure. Well, I was going to say, I mean, how about you? You said you had to wrestle with it too. So how did you get to a spot where you were like, I'm going to charge for the thing? Yeah. I mean, I really just started leaning into my own self-worth and it was just like, okay, why? I remember coaches, I'm Canadian. And so it was like, it's just, just across the board, most people charge American dollars. And I was like, like what you need to charge. Well, why I can't. And they're like, well, why is it okay for everybody else to charge in the U S and not you? And that was one of the hardest things for me to do was to like, like, literally everything I invest in, whether it's my website or, you know, whatever it might be, it's all in USD. So it finally got into that place, but it was all just really kind of getting into doing the inner work and just really building that self-trust, getting into forgiveness work around money as well. And not feeling like I owe the world, <laughs> uh, whatever it might be to be of service. Right. And so yeah. a lot, of, a lot of it was just doing that inner work and, and understanding that why is it okay for me to invest and not ask people to invest in me? Right. So, yes. yeah, 
I did a lot of work with Andy around money. I think I still do work around money. Let me be very honest. Like money is definitely something I am always working on my energy with and learning. Like I was very codependent with money. So I had to learn how to undo all of that. I mean, that, that was a journey in itself. I did not really realize how much your, like your energy affected your money Mm -hmm. until I really started to dig in. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes a little bit. Very much so. Very much so. And like in the old paradigm, which I feel the more that we show up and share and the more that we're like, Hey, you can be spiritual, intuitive, psychic, and you can still charge whatever you choose to charge. Right. But I had this guilt where I was like, well, this isn't part of this world. This is, this is, this is the old paradigm where, you know, you're spiritual and you have all these gifts and however you choose to live is however you choose to live. But, you know, there's like that stigma where it's like, you know, you're not living in a multi-million dollar home and, and traveling the world and doing whatever it is that you feel called to do if you live the bougie life. Right. Um, but yeah. there's like this stigma of no, you, you have this title, you have this label and, and you don't really charge for that or you shouldn't quote unquote be in the space of wanting to make money off of this. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then what I found was too, is that because of that, I ended up pushing money away. Mm -hmm. So because of that, like belief that I had of like, well, you know, I shouldn't quote, quote, like if I was truly woo, if I was truly a spiritual and then as I say, I am, then I wouldn't charge. Like it was, I was almost like defying the spiritual community if I charge. And that I think was that part was very challenging for me as well. Cause I was like, there was a feeling of like, but I want them to like me. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I, if I charge, are they not going to like me? And, you know, I mean, I would have conversations with my husband about that, but you know, it's like not ethical for the spiritual community to charge. And I got to a point where I was kind of like, that is so fucking stupid. <laughs> to be really blunt about it. Like, love the bougier things in life. Let me be like if I'm so somewhere, I and there's nothing wrong with four seasons. I love the four seasons, but I don't know that I'm four seasons level, <laughs> Fairmont level. You know, like like I stay at a nice place. Like, and there's nothing wrong with motel sex or like Airbnb. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like I know that like I want to provide for myself in a certain lifestyle, but there was definitely, and I think, I mean, we could really go off on a tangent about this, but like women and ancestry and money. And we're just, we, before we're even born, have so much lineage of shame around money. And, you know, even in society, how women talk about or talked about towards money, you know, we're gold diggers. We, you know, we're too materialistic. We, you know, and there's nothing that a spinster like nothing is positive to describe a woman or like boss bitch and I'm like where's the positive term for a woman and money in our society maybe we need to set like a new rhetoric and that was what changed my perception towards how I was going to show up is I want to be a model of what is possible in a positive realm towards women and money and empowerment and using it for conscious contributions and what I do with my money and you know, when I run retreats, what I give back, I mean, there's so much to that. And so 
if one of us starts it, maybe the collective energy starts and we all become bigger lineage and we start to change some of that for our children of, as a woman, I can show up in business and want to have a bougie lifestyle and that be okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. So mm. we'll see. It might take us a while. Megan, both. let's start the pilgrimage now. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I literally, I had a, I had a, a Kundalini teacher, um, who like, just when I was going like externally for validation, it was just like, she was just like, it's all corrupt. You know, the yoga, like people are trying to make money off of yoga and it's all corrupt. Everyone's trying to make money off spirituality. I'm like, oh my goodness. So then I was like, I can't share anything online and I got to just park my Porsche like 10 blocks down the road. <laughs> so nobody sees me. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, as soon yeah. as I cut that energy leak and literally put up, like I had to put up these huge boundaries energetically where I was like, I'm not taking this on or in, I really was just like, I'm showing up and sharing because I know just using Kundalini, for example, what it's done for my life on an emotional, physical, spiritual level. So yeah. I am being of disservice by not sharing this gift. My intention yes. isn't to become a multimillionaire from sharing Kundalini yoga. And my intention is to serve the greater good with what has been of service for me and I'll get paid for it. And I will be thank very thankful for it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I, I think too, like I am, and this goes to everybody, right? Like I am not the expectation of what you think of me. Mm -hmm. So I am not, you know, for everybody, I, nobody, you do not have to be the expectation of what people think of you, whether that's your parents, the spiritual community, you know, intention and effect. I mean, I know my intention with what I'm doing and what I'm cultivating. That is for me at night when I put my head down, I have to live with the decisions I'm making and how I feel about them, how you feel about what I'm doing. I don't need to know that. That is really none of my business. And I'm, I'm very much okay with that. But it, I mean, it, I make it sound easy. That took a, you know, it took a pilgrimage to myself <laughs> to figure that out because there was, there was a lot tied up in that. And I think that it really just shows the power of the work that we all do, whether that's Kundalini, coaching, yogurt, yogurt, yoga, <laughs> yogurt too, although I'm gluten and dairy free. So we'll do some soy <laughs> yogurt. Uh, you know, it's, it's that part of it. Like our journey of really, to me, it's like, it just blossoms into so many other areas. And I think that's what's so powerful about the work. Like whether you do breath work or Kundalini, like it has such a, a desired effect that just kind of like blossoms into everything. I just, I mean, that is the beauty of all of the work that we do in this mm -hmm. community. Truly, 100%. I remember a retreat that I just had for my mastermind. Uh, it was on the 1111 portal. So we did a lot of work around money. Mm -hmm. And some of the clients were like here for it, like, let's bring in the money. But there was also a lot of guilt that came up. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot of, I don't need any more money. Like my life is good. Like I don't need anymore. And I was like, okay, well, this is awesome. And how can we expand that? Because if you are here to create this beautiful ripple effect, like it goes beyond you. So the more money that you can bring in, the more money that you can generate, the more that you're able to give back, right? So whether it's for your family and the legacy that you're here to create, or whether it's the legacy that you're here to create through your contributions within your business, you know, like that is why it is so important for us to really 
generate more money because it's, there's infinite possibilities. And when we have that coming through, we can just be of greater service, right? Like it's so right, important. Which is, which is the anchor that brought us here anyways, right? Like you cast the anchor out and you're like, I want to be of service, which is how you said you started too. You were like, I want to be of service. I have this thing. I have this gift. I want to be of service. Can I ask you, what is your gift? What do you feel like your gift is? Me? Yes, you. <laughs> You're on oh, me. Well, yeah. I I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. But so <laughs> why I got into the work that I facilitate is because I had a very dark past, like filled with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, eating disorders. And I made a vow to myself that if I could get on track and find my way back to my self-source power, that I would do everything in my power to help others on their journey. And so that was kind of like the catalyst for the work that I facilitate now. And now it's expanded into the world of business because I also was like, okay, I've seen what has worked well for me and I've seen what hasn't worked well. And so I was like, if I can help others share their magic and medicine to a greater scale while building a really strong, solid foundation with integrity and leadership, then that's, this is kind of like the next chapter that I'm on. So. That is so interesting because we have very similar stories because I got started because one of my dearest, deepest friends who was also an ex-boyfriend killed himself. And I was like, this death will not be in vain. If I could have one person not make that decision, then I've done my job. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, and I also have a very dark past filled with, you know, lots of different traumas and things like that, that definitely that was the catalyst for this will not just be a death. And you know, I had heard there was three deaths, the day you die, the day of your funeral and the day someone left speaks your name. And so I was like, I, that will, that's not going, as far as I'm concerned, I will speak his name and his, his legacy is part of my work of having people really never feel like they're alone. Mm -hmm. And I think for him, you know, especially for a lot of people, I mean, you said he had suicide ideation and I had definitely been at a point where in my life where I'm like, well, maybe is that the next right decision? And I think there are so many people who are so close to that one decision Yet sometimes you usually don't want to make that decision. And I think, gosh, how, how devastating, how many people do we lose, especially men? How many people do we lose from that one decision? And if like you were saying, like you're taking it on, like having people share their medicine and their, you know, their gift with the world. If I could have people connect to themselves, their intuition, that inner voice on the deeper level, then maybe they would know they're not alone. And therefore that decision wouldn't be that next one decision. So isn't that interesting? I wonder how many coaches and mentors have similar like threads that cross cycle through me. I would imagine so. Um, I, I firmly believe like the greatest coaches, mentors, healers, intuitive psychics have come from pretty murky waters. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm <laughs> believer, right? Like we, we've gone through the trenches to get ourselves to where we are today. And we are that guiding light, that guiding force to, show others the way home. Um, yeah. but it's so fast. I just had like this kind of like aha moment where I'm like, okay, when I first started, I just wanted to help people. And so I literally, I still give a lot of services away in silent. Like nobody knows of the contributions <laughs> that I do. Um, and I like it that way. Uh, but it's like, instead of giving all of my work away for free that I once did now, it's like in this empowered place of showing other people, how to be this force, how to share their gifts, right? And as a result, I get paid extremely well for it. And mm -hmm. I get to 
give back even more from that ripple effect because I've decided to go all in on me as opposed to just being shrinking and not feeling that I was worthy of receiving this money. And I'm going to help one person at a time, but instead now it's like, no, I'm going to share my magic and it's going to create this ripple effect within my community, which in turn creates a ripple effect within their community. And it's just like such faster way of yeah. giving back as opposed to doing things for free. Absolutely. And I think there is a time in everybody's like whether it's coaching, mentoring, yoga, wh whatever it is that you're doing, that there's a deciding moment where you're like, am I playing coach or am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's like this feeling in the beginning, you know, like, oh, I really like doing this. This is fun. Um, you know, there's like a, a lighthearted, like hardened, lightheartedness to it. But then there becomes this moment where it's like, it starts to take on its own trajectory and its own energy. And you're like, am I going to really play coach? Or am I going to like be a coach? Am I going to be a mentor? Am I going to be the psychic? Am I going to be the person that like lights the way? Am I going to take that responsibility to the next level? I think that's a pivotal moment for a lot of people in this industry is it's easy to play. It's easy to be out there and kind of just like, I'm going to do, and I'll put up a couple of social media posts and stuff. But when you make that decision of like, you said, I'm going to go all in on me. And I was like, oh, I remember that moment when you're like, I'm going to go all in on me. And I remember I booked, it was actually with Andy. I, she was my first like high ticket coach. And I was like, I'm going all in on me. And I mean, I was terrified. <laughs> if I'm going to be real. I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is terrifying. And I made the money the next month. And it was like, unbelievable just that saying yes to myself just the universe was I mean this is my interpretation but me saying yes to myself and opened another portal for the universe to be like if you're gonna say yes then we're gonna say yes and it mm -hmm. just just really snowballed from there but I do think there's that pivotal moment where you're like am I gonna go all in on me yeah I think so many people do not go all in on themselves no and they die a slow painful death like internally like it's like I remember I was like in and out I mean to be very kind and compassionate with myself I started my coaching journey and then there was five years where there was so much trauma so much loss uh so much going on where I literally feel like now the last year and a half was just like okay it's go time it's grow time but I did make that statement where like it was after a breakthrough day. I'm like, okay, like I, I'm going to go all on me on me. And it's like, because it was so much more challenging to play small and to shrink and to hide and to numb and to do all the things than it was to actually be like, no, here I am. Like I'm doing the damn thing because that was <laughs> less painful than for me to actually just be in the space of self-destruction because my my intuition, my soul was like, we have shit to do, man. Like, let's get to it. Right. <laughs> let's get going. Yes. Very much. So, I mean, I think the soul rattles you a little bit and I can definitely say, I mean, where are we? January 17th, there is a collective energy right now for um, urgency. So if anybody's listening and they feel like urgency or there's like that um, like a static in the air right now, you're not crazy. There's definitely this feeling for collective energy right now. Like if you are feeling called and I'm saying it like this, because this is how they say it to me. If you are feeling called, they're like, it's go time. 
And it's, I love what you know, like I say this too, which is funny. I'm like, it's grow time. It's time. Like there is some urgency in the collective energy right now. And it's really interesting. It's, it's okay if I riff on this for a second. Oh, please let's let it rip. <laughs> all right, let's go. Um, what's been really interesting in the collective energy, I'm going to go like all the way back, even since COVID, which is, it's a really interesting topic uh, energetically, which, which was like, we all, the universe, like the whole world I'm say universe because I don't know, but like the whole earth shut down and we haven't really had a moment like that for so long. And it created such a pause for everybody. And that pause started to create this like ripple effect of what the fuck am I doing? A lot of self-reflection because we had to, we were all stuck at home or we lost people. I mean, it was a very emotionally turbulent time. And it created such big shifts and pause, almost like an earthquake. And now I would say just now in like end of 2023, 2000, coming into 2024, there's been so much energy around this collective stirring for if you're a healer, if you feel called that like the universe is creating some energy and some rippling in you. So if you are listening to this and you are feeling stirred or called that, like that is the universe, that's your spirit team saying let's go. It's your time. And some, like, I don't say that to be scary. Like, oh my gosh, is doomsday coming? That's not my point. My point is more that there's a need for more spiritual people and more people in the industry, you know, doing what you were talking about, which is like sharing their magic, sharing their stories, cultivating communities that are growing people to then share theirs. And that becomes that like ripple in the wave. Or if you think of a lighthouse where like one person lights the way, and then you turn on all the other lighthouses and we all light the way. And so we all turn on. And that's like how I think of it is like when we work together, it's not about me, but like you turn on your own light and then you light the way. And then who do you light the way for? And we just keep the light going. And so there is this huge feeling of collective energy of you are being called you. There's, there's something more coming. And it was very interesting that the energy has been so different than it normally is. Normally really follows like the, um, the season for like summer is very playful and it's a time of celebration and this is like collective energy. And then, um, fall is very much more a time of like shifting and releasing and letting go. And, you know, we follow the leaves and then winter, winter is more introspective. Well, not this year. Okay. This year is a shakeup. And I think people were feeling it last a few couple weeks ago. Everyone was like, what is going on? There's something going on. I was like, well, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but it's been going on. I mean, it's been like, if you had a loop or a portal to close in your life, if you had untangled things that were still tangled or like little, like I would say like um, currents still out there that maybe you hadn't cut off completely, whether that was like with an ex-boyfriend or an ex in general or some baggage you had not unpacked from the past, the universe in like summer was like, here you go. It's time to do something with this. And then in fall, it was like, listen, if you don't do something with this, it like put it in front of your face so that like you had to trip over it. And people have been kind of reeling from that. I'm like, oh my God, it's all this stuff up. (laughs) And then working with that to be like, oh, underneath that, like you're telling me to clean that up because I've got to go. I don't have time to to be in that energy anymore or like having that energy like out there this is more like I need to cultivate my own energy because I'm being called. And so it's like a redirection of energy. 
Thank you for letting me go. Oh God, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And I've been feeling it like big time. What what are you in human design? I'm a generator two five. Okay. I'm a generator two four. So I have a lot of projector clients. It's so funny. And, uh, and one of them, she she always laughs about like all the things that I'm generating. And she's like, I just in awe that I don't, I shouldn't say in awe, but she's like, I'm just so stoked to see all the things that you're generating. And and she's like, I just see what you're doing and generating. I just laugh. And then I'm just like, I just love it. I'm like, I literally lately, like the last three, four months, I was like the portals open, the channels are like the downloads are coming through and I can't, I can't hold it back. So it's just like, it's just like, it's like one thing after another. And we were on a call with Andy. I'm like, how do you share all these things without confusing your community? (laughs) Community. Because I'm like, I can't stop it. It's all coming through, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but I'm definitely feeling that energy for sure. Yeah. Well, Andy is a generator too. And I think for generators right now, you are feeling like it's time to go. There's an urgency and there's a lot of downloads coming through. I mean, my husband's like, you're creating another new program. I'm like, yes, I am. Like there's just stuff that's coming through. Um, and then your projector people are like, they are, they're kind of like, Ooh, what are you creating next? And your manifestors are like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Right. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) they're always riding the wave with you. They're just like, "Mm -hmm, I knew that. So I think it's really fascinating that a lot of people are feeling like what's really interesting. is like any type of human design is actually really feeling that I can say for those really rare, you know, I'm not a human design person. Like I don't know a ton, so I'm not going to, I can't talk too much about it, but I know for like the few that I have met that are reflectors, it's a really interesting time for them as far as like feeling all of our energy and like the generators who are just like bursting at the seams and the projectors who are like, yay, let's go. And the manifestors that are kind of like, yeah, I know. It's just such an interesting time for them of like taking all the energy and like trying to navigate it. I, I think it's a lot. I'm glad I'm not a reflector. I think that would be more challenging for me. I'm probably exactly where I need to be, which is creating a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Polar all the time and taking action generator. I couldn't imagine it would be like far out. <laughs> what, what do I do with my time? <laughs> well, and it's so funny. I'm sure like every projector probably feels like I can't imagine being a generator oh, because well, I would be so tired. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you give me something to respond to. Let's go. That's so funny. I, two of my girls, uh, that were at my, in my uh, retreat, in my mastermind, uh, we had just gotten home on like the Saturday or Sunday. And then I posted that I had a, like a networking call at six in the morning on the Tuesday. And they're like messaging one another far out. Did you see that Meg's on a freaking networking call at six in the morning, two days after retreat? It's just like, that's so funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I think when you learn how, like how to work with your human design, it so helps. And your kids, oh, yeah. like when you know what your kids are, oh, that's been a game changer. Cause I have a one, my youngest is a projector and Oh, that has changed how I parent a little bit, mm-hmm. like understanding. I didn't know that much about it, but I have a client who I call her. She's a human design goddess. That's what I call her. I'm like, you're a human design goddess. And so she teaches me things all the time. This is how we ebb and flow, <laughs> right? Give and take. So she teaches me about human design. So I'm always so thankful of like, oh, it's so nice to know. Or if I know my clients a certain mm-hmm. type, then I know how to work with their, I oh, it's love so that. Yeah. 
I, yeah, it's almost like I have to know what your human design is before I start work. Like while you're working with me, we will figure out what your human design is because I need to know. So I know how to work with you. So yes. It's, have you read that it's book? a game changer. The book. What book? It's don't I'll, I'll message you and I'll put it in the show notes. I can't recall exactly what okay. it's called, but it's, it's a human design book for coaches. So you understand oh. what your like, how to support your projector clients, how to support your Manny gens, your Manny's, your, your reflectors, your generators. Yeah. It's great. Oh yes. Please drop it. I would love that. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's not my zone of genius. No, that and like dimensions. People ask me about dimensions all the time. Are you in the seven D? Are you in the five D? I'm like, I don't know. I'm here. I, I'm not a dimension part. Like I, I am not like, I don't, I don't want to say that it doesn't exist, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I, it's not something I have studied really. I mean, I know about it, but man, I don't pick up on that. I don't like, I get multiple timelines and all possibilities completely understand that. But if someone was asking me about the 70, I'd be like, Oh God, like, I don't know what, what you teach me. <laughs> you teach me your magic because I, that is not something I I know what to talk about. Like it's such an interesting perspective. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. There's so much to know and so much knowledge and wisdom out there. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, I could be here with you all day. I absolutely love our <laughs> conversation and definitely would love to have you back on Dropped In. It's been such a great deep combo. My absolute babe's skin was crawling the entire time. So always, always a good feeling. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, so for those listening, how can they connect with you? How can they vibe with you? How can they vibe with me? Yes. Um, well, I'm on mostly on Instagram or I'm on TikTok. I'm actually one of the few people in our world that are on TikTok. I love TikTok. <laughs> um, but you can find me at Michelle Ogston, CLC. So that is the best way to communicate with me or to get in touch with me. Or you can find me on my website, which is under my company name, which is cloud nine, the number nine, lifecoaching.com. Ooh, I love that. So good. So good. All right. Before we drop off, uh, a question for you. So if someone was feeling like they wanted to, or felt like they had to throw in the towel or give up or give in, what's a message of hope that you can offer them? That's a good one. Um, you know, something that I really, I say to people quite often, and I actually was talking about it earlier, which is, you know, you're one decision away from changing your whole life. And when we make that one decision to make that one decision, knowing that you are changing your whole life. And I talk to my kids about this all the time. Like every decision, you're one day, you're one day, you're one decision from changing your whole life. And so even when it feels like this is the worst, you're one decision away from it, maybe not being the worst. And to remember that, that there's always hope because hope creates certainty. And so when we have that hope of like, I'm one decision away, and if that one didn't work, then I'm making the next one decision and I'm making the next one decision and the next, because eventually you get to the one that you're like, ah, oh, that's the one that worked. Ah, uh, that was it. I mean, how many have you made where you're like, oh, that was not it. Oh, that one wasn't it. That, nope. That, nope. And you're constantly being redirected. Yeah. And I'll say this too. This is kind of like a side note is truly having faith that the universe is always working for you and protecting you, even when it feels like shit. Mm. And I think for those of us who've been through a lot of trauma, you think, and not that I think that the universe gives you those things, but I always think that there's something that happens in those moments that create something that changed the changes the trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe those were the things to get you to where you need to be right here, right now, like you sharing your message. If you and I had made other decisions, we wouldn't even be here right now. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's like, 
right? Like the one decision we make, so you're one decision away from changing your whole life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's as simple as like having a thing of French fries. <laughs> it is not like, it doesn't have to be that deep. And I think we can get really deep and like, ugh. we take ourselves too seriously sometimes in yeah. like a spiritual community. And sometimes it's like, just have some French fries. Yeah. Like you don't know what to do right now. That happiness after french fries i don't know why i said french fries but for some reason french maybe i'm drinking french fries Megan. <laughs> that sounded good so uh, next time you're feeling sad have french fries is that my message of hope <laughs> that's really funny uh, <laughs> next time you feel like throwing the towel have a french fry and that's a first you might not have that ever again so take that to heart everybody make sure you got your journals out and write that down (laughs) oh my face hurts from smiling I love it the best oh thank you so much it's been so good to be here with you and definitely will have you back on I love these conversations so thank you thank you thank you so much for dropping in with me today if you loved this episode I would be forever grateful if you rated and reviewed and if you feel called to share it with your community on social media, please tag me so I can thank you personally. Until next time, I will see you on Dropped In.